Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. My name is Pastor Joshua Pinkston. I'm the student ministries pastor. If you uh, haven't seen me before, it's probably because I'm back in the back uh, taking care of your students, your preteens and teenagers, usually doing crazy stuff, having fun with them. It's a great joy that I have. It's interesting uh, working with students. I mean, um, I mean, you guys remember what it's like being a teenager. It's an interesting life that you lead. I mean, dealing with all the changes in, in hormones and all the fun things that come along with that. And if you're a teenager, I apologize for picking on you for a minute, but um, <laughs> I also help parents though. It's also one of my things as a pastor that I do. I don't just teach your teenagers. I also help you pastor your kids. It's an amazing thing. We only get them a couple times a week, a couple hours a week. You get them hour upon hour upon hour. <laughs> and so my job is to help equip you and help you and reinforce the things that God is teaching your students through you as well. And so one of my great joys that I get to do is also speak to you guys here as adults. I do need to do that once in a while. So if I suddenly go off into like slang or something, I do apologize, but my excuse is I am a youth pastor. So... How can I get involved, you might be asking. I know you're not, but I'm asking that question for you. I'm gonna give a plug for the student ministries department. Students need you. Stone, you need the adults that are in this room. I have a student over there right now. That's why I'm calling him out. You can make a difference. You're like, well, I'm not called to, you know, student ministries. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, you are. That's a wonderful thing. Yes, you are called. You're called to give them a high five in the hallway. You're called to give them a handshake and say, how are you doing? You know, you see when sitting alone on their phone, completely trying to isolate themselves for the rest of the church and or out in the parking lot, like I saw one the last couple weeks, literally weeping their eyes out. You can be the one that's called to go help them. Say, hey, how are you? Hey, wasn't that really cool what you were learning in church today? Hey, you know what? Don't you play sports? Hey, when's your next game? Did you know a new study came out that states that every student to be highly su successful in life needs five people in their, uh, on their team, needs five people. And we have it easy because two of those people are usually their mom and dad, but some students don't even have that. They have one or none. So what every student needs though, Need, they need five people, and what does that mean? They need them to go see, you know, support them in their baseball, football, basketball, soccer games, running, track and field. They need them to, you know, maybe take them out once in a while for a Jamba Juice. Wait, we don't, yeah, you have Jamba Juice here in Texas, don't we? Yeah, take them out to Starbucks or whatever else they're doing or, or you know, Napolitos for a taco. They need you to, to stop them in the hallway and say, hey, are you okay? I've been praying for you. They need you on their team. Every student needs five people. Five people. Every student. And out of the 100 plus kids that we have back in student ministries on a Wednesday night, uh, that's 500 people that I need, that the students need. And you can be that one. You can help be a part of their team. 
You don't necessarily have to volunteer in student ministries, but you do. See, student ministries, a lot of times we don't think about them. They're in the back. They're teenagers. I don't want to deal with their hormones. I don't want to deal with their acne. I don't want to deal with their problems. I don't want to deal with them having to answer those relational issues. Let Pastor Don talk about it in the Love Song series. (laughs) No, you, they need you just to simply listen, just to say, stop them and say hi. And you can do that. You can be a part of their team, amen? Oh my word, that was weak. Thank you, Pastor Don. Amen. Come on, follow the example of your senior pastor. Say amen with me. Amen. You can make a difference. So, but also, uh, like Pastor Cody was saying, bring one, or each one bring one. This Easter, on the seat back in front of you, there is a card. Looks like this. This is awesome. What this is, is this is your prayerly, prayerfully invite commitment, I'm going to invite somebody, I'm going to write their name down. Basically what this is, is you take this card out, get a pen, and you write the name of a person that you want to be here on Easter. Somebody you've been ministering to at work, or a family member that, that is straight away. Somebody that you want to invite. Somebody that's been on your heart. I want you to write their name down. Because why? What we do as pastors, the whole pastoral staff and all the staff of Tree of Life, we get together and we pray for these cards. And it is so powerful when we team up, you and us, we team up together as a church body and we pray for those that you're really wanting to come. Somebody that you've been working on, somebody. See, Easter is for the unchurched. Did you know that? Jesus died for you and me. We know that, they don't. The church, see, Jesus said he came for the sick. He didn't come for the well. Easter is to declare the goodness of Jesus and the power of his resurrection to the unchurched. And this is what this is for. So you and I, we're gonna team up together and we're gonna pray for them. In fact, this is from Sunday, correct? This is the, the group of, from Sunday. It's a lot of cards stacked together really tight. And what we're gonna do as a church family, we're gonna do it right now. We're gonna start off with a bang because I'm gonna pray for these and you're gonna pray with me for every name that is on these cards. And we're gonna pray that the power of God, the Holy Spirit, he goes and he compels them. That people will suddenly come out of the woodworks and start like, hey, you know, what are you doing for Easter? And they're gonna remember, oh, Sally invited me. Oh, oh, uh, D- Daniel invited me. Oh, oh, Stone and he invited me. Oh, I'm gonna, you know what? I- I- I'm gonna go to Tree of Life this Easter. So let's believe God together and let's pray right now over these names. Father, we come before you for every name that's written down on these cards. I pray, Father, by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would draw them in through the blood, through the power, through the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And they would feel compelled. They would feel drawn by the love of Jesus Christ that's being displayed through the person that's inviting them. I pray, God, that they would be reminded throughout the day that people would come into their path and say, hey, what are you doing for Easter? Where are you gonna be in Easter? You should go to church. People that would come out of the woodworks and just start talking about Easter and it would be at the forefront of their mind and every wall that would be uh, built up, that they've built up against church, against God, I pray it would be broken down and in that moment they would make a decision. You know what, I'm gonna go to Tree of Life. And when they would come, I pray, Father, they would hear the power of the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, who changes lives and who loves them, a God who truly loves them. I pray, God, that they would be drawn in, and when they would come, they would come from the north, the west, the east, and the south. I pray they would come in, and everybody who agreed said, amen. Amen. Do you believe that with me? Come on.
Amen. Amen. See, Sunday we've been hearing a great message uh, called Unpack Your Bags by Pastor Don. It's been really good, huh? I've really enjoyed it. Now, I don't always get to listen every Sunday, but I've been listening when I go online. And for those of you who are listening online, I welcome you. I thank you so much. It could be 2025 right now, and you're listening because online, I mean, this video is going to be around forever. So for those who are listening 100 years from now, thank you for listening. God loves you, and we're glad you're here. We'll see you next Sunday. (laughs) You probably got time machines up then anyway. But we've been listening to this great message, and you can go online and you can uh, listen to the archive messages from Pastor Don, Unpack Your Bags. And it's funny because the Lord's been dealing with me, and it's something that we've been teaching in student ministries as well on Wednesday nights, unpacking your bags. And it turned from unpacking your bags to stressed out. Unpack the stress from your life. And it's been in a great series and many students' lives have been changed and many things have come up and so many lives have been impacted just because of the series. And so tonight we're going to see another side of the coin of unpack your bags. I want you to go with me to Mark chapter four. If you have a handout, you can see the text in front of you. And if you don't, uh, you can raise your hand and some of the ushers will get you a handout. If you also want to take notes, it's a great opportunity for you. Mark chapter four, verse 35. Thanks, Pastor Don. Mark chapter four, verse 35. English Standard Versions, it says this. On that day when evening had come, he had said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them on the boat, and just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion, And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we were perishing? Peace, or excuse me. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the sea and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Verse 40. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Today I'm gonna talk about going to the other side. And I'm really excited about this. I'm really excited. Because going to the other side, it has so much depth to it. And you're gonna see that in a minute. Jesus is calling you though. He's calling you to the other side. He's also calling us though to lay aside what is holding us back and to go where he's leading. If that means laying aside the luggage that is holding you back, then lay it aside. Jesus is calling. See, when you look at the other side, it is where the promise is. It is where provision is. It is where safety is. In fact, the safest place for you to be is where he has called you to be, where he's led you to be. It is the safest place. It's more safe than walking down the sidewalk with no cars driving by. Outside of the will of God, outside of the protection, outside of the provision of God, you never know what could happen to you. When you're running from God, when you're straying outside of his will, when you're just saying, you know what, I want nothing to do with it, man, there is no surety for us. You fall down, trip on your shoelace, crack your head open and die right there. Anyway. See, it puts you in his will. 
and that's the best place for you to be. So how do you find out what the will of God is? See, so many people, that's the greatest, that's a great question. So many people, they ask me that question. Well, Pastor Josh, you, you're saying I need to know what the will of God is for me and I need to be where that is. I need, to, I need to follow his plan for my life. So how do I find out what the will of God is for me? How do I know he even has a plan for me? Well, for one, you can walk down that hallway and see a scripture really big and gold on a wall out there said t- Jeremiah 29, 11. If you, I'm not gonna recite it because you're gonna walk by and you're gonna look at the wall going towards the gathering place and you're gonna read it yourself. See, he has plans for you and they're good, the Bible says. See, God's good for you. He has good plans for you. You just need to walk in them. See, how do you know his will, though? Let's find out. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 1, or chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I'm going to read it in the message paraphrase, because it's interesting. And it says this. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you or for you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. See, Romans chapter 12 in the New King James, it says this, I beseech you, brothers, before, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That what? That you may prove what is the perfect, the good, the acceptable, and perfect will of God. How do you know the will of God for your life? You need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You want to know what God's plan for you is your life, for your life. You want to know if he's talking to you at all. Well, John chapter 10, verse 4 14 and 27 says the sheep know his voice, they hear his voice, and no other voice will they follow. So we know that we hear God. And I'm not gonna call Jesus a liar. I don't know about you, but I won't. And he says, I hear his voice. How do I hear his voice? See, the Bible says in John chapter one, it says that he is the word, the word became flesh. So how do I hear God? I listen to the word. Here's the word right here. You wanna know Jesus? Know the word. You want to know the will of God? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But how do you renew your mind? You read his word. You want to know what God's plan for your, uh, uh, for your life is? Read your, read your word. Read the word. Read the word. See, the more that you read and you're like, Pastor Josh, I don't know how to read the Bible. It's so boring. Mm-hmm. No, I was there. I was absolutely there. See, maybe you start out a little bit at a time. Go read the book of John. Start there. Don't read in Genesis. Don't read Leviticus. Dear Lord, don't read Numbers. (laughs) No offense, I don't study the book of Numbers. I've read it a hundred times, but I don't study that. I'm sorry. uh, Those people are really important. I know they're the ancestors of Jesus. That's great. They have nothing to do with me. I'm sorry, they don't. Read the book of John. Start there. It's a great book. Find out who Jesus is. 
Find out the stories. And then when you're done with John, go to Romans. Start finding out what God's plan for your life is, how you get saved. Then from there, go to Ephesians and find out who you are in Christ and the power of God in you. You wanna know the will of God? It's right here. Thank you. It's the best place in the world to be is in this book. Even David said, I meditated on day and night. I'm behind, let's get into this. See, if you wanna know the will of God, be transformed by reading his word. That's the first blank. Reading his word. You wanna be transformed? Do it by reading his word. It renews your mind. See, it cleans out the junk that culture and society and entertainment put in, which clouds up your mind with anti-God junk. See, we're so filled with the world's junk that we can't hear what God is trying to say to us. We hear more about the walking dead or downtown Abbey than we hear about the word of God. Kanye's very talented, but I'm telling you, if I hear Kanye's voice more than Jesus, there's a problem. Uh, uh, Kim Kardashian, God bless her, Jesus loves her, but I'm sorry, but I'm not gonna follow her. If you're following that, if you're listening and putting more of that world into, into you, more of culture, more of society, more I know your job is stressful, so is mine. <clears throat> Sorry, Pastor Don. It is, I gotta deal with you. <laughs> and your life's stressful, so it makes me stressed. You know what, I understand that. And I know you wanna go home and I want, you wanna veg out. You wanna just turn on the TV. <sighs> yeah, ESPN. Great, the Chargers are playing, or Broncos, or Cowboys. Oh, sorry, we're in Texas. The Cowboys are playing. Glory to God, I get excited. Okay. I didn't get as much enthusiasm as I thought out of that, Pastor Don. Thanks for that. <laughs> the Spurs are playing. Come on now, I see you. Right? Tim Duncan's got the ball, uh, and he's in the paint. And he scores, right? Okay, there you go. There you go. And you all get excited over that. See, if you get more excited about that than the things that Jesus is saying to you, you need to reevaluate your priorities. We're talking about going to the other side. See, God has such great things in store for you. You only have to follow what he's saying. It's simple, but we, we make it so hard. We make it so complicated. We make it about rituals and traditions and, and things that I gotta do. I've gotta read five hours of my Bible every day, and I've gotta pray at least 45 minutes every 45 minutes. And before I eat, if I don't pray, I'm gonna get a stomach ache, so I better pray before I eat. That's what my aunt told me growing up. Aunt Lori, if you're listening to this, that was a lie. How do I know that? Because I was at a ministerial alliance lunch, what, yesterday or the day before? And we didn't pray before the dinner or the lunch. We prayed after. I didn't get a stomach ache. You lied to me. Where was I? <laughs> Storms come. Back to our text in Mark chapter four. They're in the boat. Suddenly a storm blows in like tonight. I love storms. I'm a storm lover. I chase them. Who, who, who likes storms? 
I know we are next to two rivers and there's flooding and all kinds of bad things happen, but when it's just raining, and like last night, who was awake at, I think it was 12, the storm woke me up, and I'm, I'm up, and I'm looking out the blinds, and suddenly the lightning flashes, and I shouldn't have been looking out the blinds at that moment because I couldn't see for at least an hour and a half, but I heard the rumbling of the thunder. I felt the wind when I ran outside. I felt the golf ball-sized rain hitting my face, and I'm like, oh, I'm drowning. I'm being waterboarded by the rain, and it's the greatest thing I've experienced all week. I love storms. See, storms come. It's a simple fact of life. We all go through storms. We've all seen them. See, but who's ever been on a boat during a a crazy storm in the middle of a lake or the ocean, right? I have. I've been on, uh, in fact, where I met Pastor Don was a, a place in California called Lake Tahoe. And I was in the middle of Lake Tahoe on a speedboat. And suddenly, just out of nowhere, a storm rolls in and lightning's hitting the lake. And have you ever seen lightning hit water? It just arcs everywhere with flashes of lightning in the water. It's incredible, it's beautiful. You just don't wanna touch it, you die. And so literally the winds start coming and the wave starts coming into our boat and all of this, it's all guys in the boat and we start screaming like little girls. And I'm okay with admitting that. My brother was there so I can admit that. And what did we do in that moment? We didn't stay there. We put the boat into full throttle and beached it. We beached it. We seriously, we, we went up onto the gravel of the, of the thing and jumped out and ran into the forest, which was the stupidest thing we could have done because, you know, trees conduct electricity. And so we're running through the forest. Ah! I don't know why we're young, But see, what happens in life? See, we don't have the luxury all the time in life to be in a speedboat. Sometimes we're stuck out there in the middle of the lake with nothing but a sailboat. And we have to endure the storms. See, when we get there, here's my uh, my favorite Brother Hagen quote. We will get there and we'll stare wide-eyed like a bullfrog in a Texas windstorm. And we stay there and we go, and we freeze in the middle of this storm. But see, we don't need to stay there. What is a storm? I, I, it's a noun for all of you English buffs. It's a noun, that's right. It's a disturbance of the atmosphere with strong winds, rain, thunder, lightning. Basically, it's a thing. A storm is a thing. See, storms are something that tries to impede, darken, or slow down your advance. It tries to impede, darken, or slow down your advance. In general, what happens during a storm? People stay inside, right? They sleep more. They get hot cocoa, sit before a fire. They, they huddle up, hunker down, and stay put. Am I right? That's what happens. When I was, lived in Oklahoma, they said, get in, get in the basement, hunker down, and stay put. Don't go outside. See, that's what happens when we get stuck in a storm. See, allegorically, a storm can look like this. A layoff. Your business slowing down. You get sick. A loved one dies. See, storms come in all forms or fashions. But a note about a storm Storms 
God does not cause the storm. You know how I know that? And it's going against some of your theology right now. You know how I know that God does not cause the storm to come in your life? Because the disciples, when they were panicking, the waves are coming into the boat. They wake up Jesus. Jesus, don't you even care about us? What did Jesus do? He got up, said to the wind, peace be still, and he rebuked it. He rebuked it. If the storm was caused by God, he's schizophrenic. Jesus even said this, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Jesus was saying, if I rebuked this storm and God sent it, then I would be out of the will of God. But see, Jesus rebuked the storm. Some of you need to know this because you're, cla- you're claiming or you're blaming your problems, you're the death of your loved one, and I'm sorry, uh, the, your sickness, he's testing me, the, the trials in your life, oh, God's got a better job for me, he, that's why he took this one away from me. I'm sorry, God's not sending you the storm. He's not. We sang it today, you sang it today. He's a good, good father, it's who you are. Right? Do you believe it? Even Jesus, when speaking of the Holy Spirit, fathers, even evil fathers, if you ask them for bread, will they give you a serpent? No, that'd be weird. No. How much more will your father give you the Holy Spirit when you ask him? That's what Jesus was saying. He's a good father to you. Now, I'm a, I'm a good father, I think. I'm a good, I'm a good dad. I'm not the greatest of dad. My dad was the best dad, but I'm not the greatest of dad. But I'm sorry, but if my son is drowning, what am I going to do? Ah, teach you a lesson. Get yourself out, kid. Who's got kids? Now, if you've done that, don't admit to it. (laughs) There's somebody in here that probably works for CPS. I'm just saying, don't admit to that. But who, I mean, seriously, if your kid's drowning and he's in front of you, what are you gonna do for you? You're gonna reach out, you're gonna grab him. You're not gonna let your child drown and teach you a lesson. I'm gonna throw you in this river. You're gonna learn yourself how to swim, kid. No, it's not who God is. God does not cause the storm. See, Jesus said, let's go to the other side in Mark chapter four. See, he said, let's go to the other side, and you're still wondering, what's the importance of going to the other side? I'll get there. See, Jesus said this, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He also said this in another place in scripture. It says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Another place says this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. See, in our key text, it says that Jesus was so at peace that he was asleep during the storm. He was so confident in, his, in the will of God that he was able to stay asleep even when his disciples were panicking all around him. See, I believe the wind and the storm, the waves, the rocking of the boat caused Jesus to sleep soundly and he was probably, uh, probably perturbed when his disciples woke him up. Man, I was enjoying that sleep. Why was Jesus so confident? Oh, he was God. 
He was God. He didn't have to fear anything. But man, they had some serious issues and they probably would have died. Jesus, he would have floated or walked on the water. No, man. You're missing it. Jesus was a man. He was, a, he was God, but he was a man. He was God, man, man, God, God, man, man, God. That's who Jesus was, fully man, fully God. It's the infinite mystery that I have no clue why he did it. Why, well, I'm not worth that junk, but he did it anyway. He did it for you. Back to the point. How was Jesus so confident in his sleep when his disciples were freaking out? He was in the will of God. When you're in the will of God, there is provision, there is safety, there is confidence. See, you know when God's called you to do something that he will see you through to the end. That's the God that we serve. Question, if Jesus hadn't have woken up, would they have made it to the other side? I'm a youth pastor, I like class participation. That's my question to you. You're gonna answer it right there. I heard a yes, anybody say no? Any yeses? Who's got yeses? Let's see your hands. Would they made it to the other side? The disciples. Now remember, the scripture says the boat was filling with water and was sinking. Now, would they have the disciples made it to the other side? Who, let me see the yeses. Let me see the noes. And all the introverts kept your hand down. That's what I thought. <laughs> the answer is a resounding yes. They would have made it to the other side. Why? Not because the boat wouldn't fall apart, but because Jesus, not because Jesus was even in the boat. They would have made it to the other side because the word of God said, hey, Jesus, let's go to the other side. See, God is calling you to go to the other side. And if you don't know where he's calling you, it's to the other side. See, when God's calling you to the other side, he's gonna see you there. And when you have a word from God and you know that this is where God is calling me, you can have confidence that you will make it to the other side. It doesn't matter the storm. It doesn't matter the trial. It doesn't matter the persecution. It doesn't matter that you lost your job. It doesn't matter that you feel sickness in your body. I'm telling you, when God calls you to the other side, you will make it. Preacher, preacher. Jesus woke up, rebuked the storm. He said, peace be still, peace be still. And the Bible says there was a great calm. He then corrected his disciples and said, man, you woke me up. You have little faith. You have little faith. Along with the question I asked you, see, if the, Jesus fully expected his disciples to deal with the storm. I don't think you caught that. Jesus fully expected his disciples to deal with the storm. I don't think you got that. Let me try this side. Jesus fully expected his... He, he fully expected David to deal with the storm. 
Never mind, I won't try that side. Jesus expected them. That's why when he woke up and he dealt with the storm, he said, you of little faith. Jesus is like, man, you woke me up. Why didn't you deal with the storm? See, even if, the G, even if Jesus hadn't have dealt with the storm, the disciples hadn't have dealt with the storm, they still would have made it to the other side, just a little waterlogged. See, even if you don't deal with the storm, you'll still make it. Even if the storm's kicking you, your thing, that I'm not gonna say with a microphone, you're, you know, kicking you. And, and you're down and you're really messed up, you're gonna make it to the other side. You're going to make it to the other side. Some of you are enduring the storm when you should be conquering it. You can write that down. Some of you are enduring the storm when Jesus was fully expecting you to deal with it, to conquer it. He said, man, why aren't you speaking the words that I said. Peace, be still. Man, your storm is keeping you down. It's taking you off course. It's messing you up. Your hair's flowing all different directions. It's in your face. Your beard is all up in your nose and you're itching your nose because the wind is so great. It's annoying for those with beards, you understand. And you're wondering, why, God, are you putting me through this storm? And the whole time Jesus is like, man, I told you, speak to it yourself. Speak to your storm. Speak to your situation. How do I even know Jesus was saying that? Because Mark 11, 23, 24, come on. He who says to this mountain, be thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that he'll have what the things that he says, these things will happen, y'all. When you say to something, and Jesus is saying, man, don't have little faith, have great faith, have faith in me, not in the circumstance, not in your power, not in your faith even, but have faith in me. That's what 20, verse 22, verse, or part B says of, of Matthew, or Mark chapter 11. It says that, have faith in God. See, you need to be speaking. But if you're not, and I want to encourage you in closing, if you're feeling really down and the storm is really messing you up, do you have that sinking feeling? Matthew chapter 14, verse 28. You might have heard the story of Jesus and, and Peter walking on the water. Story goes, the disciples see Jesus walking on the water and Peter stands up, hey, if you're not a ghost and you're Jesus, tell me to come out on the water and I'll walk on the water. Jesus says, yeah, it's me, come on. Jesus called him out. He called him, so to say, to the other side. He said, come on out, walk on the water with me. Peter gets out and walks on the water. We don't focus on that enough. Peter was walking on water. But see what happened, Peter, he got his eyes off of Jesus for a moment and he started looking at the waves, the wind, started getting scared a little bit and he started sinking. When he started sinking, it was because he got distracted. His eyes got off of Jesus and on the storm. We focus so much on the storm that we lose sight of Jesus. 
See, even though Peter was sinking, Jesus immediately reached out and intervened. When Peter started sinking, he cried out, Lord, save me! Lord, save me! What does scripture say? Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, took hold of him, saying to you, oh, you of little faith, there it is again. See, Jesus said, man, you were walking on water. I called you to do so. You were doing what I called you to do. Why did you doubt me again? Why did you doubt me again? Man, you saw me calm the waves. You saw me calm the winds. You heard me say, peace be still to a storm. And there was a great calm. And suddenly I'm telling you, you can do it too. Come on, Peter, get out of the boat, walk on water. No matter the words of God, we have the word of God in front of us. We have no excuse, but sometimes we get sidetracked. Sometimes the wind and the waves, it's too hard. And we just say, man, I'm just so tired. And we get our eyes off of Jesus and onto the problem. You're not alone. I want you to do what Jesus, or what Peter did. Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and rescued him. You can trust Jesus. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.